good day everybody welcome into mining stock daily we have some market commentary today but before we get back to my conversation with our returning champion mr justin hewn from uranium insider quick look at the numbers uh quite frankly everything is pretty red today unless you're in the uh bond yields <laughs> uh those that continue to move up that 10-year hit 150 the uh infamous 150 level on the yields uh gold's down 1778 futures basis silver down 2778 uh futures basis as well uh copper for the day is slightly red s p down one and a half percent nasdaq down 2.2 percent even Dow Jones down close to 1%. So uh, things kind of hanging on by a cliff here. So we'll see how the day pans out. Uh, happy to welcome back Justin. Uh, Justin, we've got a, a number of things here on the list to chat about. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of can, we continue to say it month over month as we have you on the show, despite the spot market really not moving much, the excitement in the uranium sector continues to kind of, uh, you know, get hot. Yeah, it's uh, it, surprising strength in the in the uranium market. It continues to move forward, move up in a pretty positive way. Volumes are still strong. We really didn't get the pullback that I was expecting this month um, and late last month. There's been a, a few stocks that have traded down maybe 10 20%, maybe a little bit more over the past, let's say, four weeks. But that's after a 200% run over six weeks starting in December. Um, so it's been remarkably strong. Yeah. So what's happening in the background here to kind of maintain this fervor in the uranium industry? Well, in the in the shallow background, I guess you could call the spot market. Nothing is happening. Uh, it's just <laughs> extremely low volume trades, likely that are just churn between traders, not end user purchasing. Uh, so the spot market's been trickling, trickling down a little bit. But uh, if you go a little bit deeper into the background of the fuel cycle, things look um, very, very constructive. We have the SWU price moving up $2 in the past month. Uh, SWU stands for separative work unit and essentially is the cost of enrichment. So anytime you see a rising SWU price, and this is a consistent uptrend for SWU since it bottomed in August of, let's see, I think that was August of 2019 when it bottomed, if I recall correctly. So SWU has been rising ever since that point very consistently. It's had a couple of months of rest here and there, but it's now, I believe, at about a three-year high. And that basically means that demand for enrichment is growing, essentially. So the capacity of enrichers is being uh, used up. It's, it's getting more and more full, which means that enrichers are uh, enriching uranium hexafluoride, the UF6, into enriched uranium product or EUP that then goes on to make fabricated fuel that is the fuel for nuclear reactors and more of their capacity is being used to fill SWU contracts which means less of their capacity is being used to underfeed to re-enrich tails material and uh, that's a really positive signal for the market on top so, of that, we also. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to ask. Also, so, oh, sorry. It's part of Justin. Okay. I just want to ask you, like, who, do you know who is buying this enrichment? Uh, you know, like, you, maybe by country or jurisdictions. Uh, that's not as clear, but okay. I think in general, you know, utilities in general, both U.S. and European and global, I suppose, uh, you know, they're seeking out material farther up, uh, further up the fuel cycle. So, buying UF six, buying EUP, buying enrichment rather than buying U308. And we believe that that's because there's 
pretty widespread knowledge that the U308 market is is quite thin, especially the U308 spot market. And there's very few producers that are even um, contracting U308 here. Uh, it's primarily because Adamprom that's mm. selling, you know, mid-term pounds in the mid to high 30s. It's kind of what's capping the the term price at the moment, but that we know is uh, has a limited lifespan for for that price level. They don't they are not a bottomless pit of uranium, and so um, as soon as I think that as soon as Kazatomprom uh, sends that signal to the market that they're no longer going to be selling those midterm pounds at that price, then that's our that's our next leg up, at least in the term price. Uh, so when we go back to the spot market, there's some interesting developments from Uranium Participation Corp. That uh, I, you know, maybe is it more optimistic, or do you think this might be really something to give the sector next leg up? Um, I, I think it's coming. Uranium Participation Corp. is a physical fund; they hold physical U three hundred eight and UF six, and that's kind of the entire reason for their existence is to is to buy physical pounds from the spot market and 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 hold that and sell it at a future date um, and that's what brings value to the fund is the is their inventory literally so right now uh they are they've been trading at a premium to nav to the net asset value for the last 10 days this is the longest period that they've traded at a premium to nav in a few years and um it's expected that they'll be raising issuing shares now that they're at a premium we'd like to see them raise somewhere in the ballpark of 100 million dollars and buy about three million pounds out of the spot market so the market is sort of anxiously awaiting this to happen especially since yellow cake did not um, execute on their 2020 option to buy physical pounds from kazadamprom which the market is not too happy about so we'd like to see these physical funds especially uranium participation now that it's a week and a half uh, at a premium to NAV that they basically owe it to their shareholders to do what it is that they have committed to do, which is raise funds when they're at a premium and buy those pounds. And when they do, it's going to be a pretty strong signal to the market. It's going to be, okay, uh, this fund that holds physical pounds, it's trading at a premium because you know institutions, generalist funds, and retail—they're buying into this fund with an expectation that they are going to do just that, and that we're going to see rising uranium prices because of it. So that's what we're watching. We we believe it's going to happen soon. Uh, Amy, you and I were talking about this. I think maybe a couple of months ago—the the opportunity for arbitrage for somebody to come in and physically buy uranium on the spot market. And really have a pretty good grips of the things moving forward as we continue to progress. For sure, yeah, that's a pretty well um, a well polished thesis at this point. It's been it's been discussed pretty heavily over the past few months because that's kind of the uh, expectation of what's actually going on in the uranium market, uranium equities market right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mike Alkin and Tim Chilary recently did a podcast with Smith Weekly. And they both discussed the same thing. And, and you know, I, to roughly quote Mike, he basically said, all it takes is one or two hedge funds with a few hundred million dollars to throw around to to go in and buy physical and it's lights out for the utilities. Those were his words. And so it's, yeah, it, it's not going to take much. And we believe that what's been happening over the past few months has been positioning of funds into the equities. So if that's true, and if we see confirmation of that in the next few months, then it's highly likely they'll be in the market buying physical. And if they do, I don't know if I would necessarily say that it's lights out immediately, but I think that if the utilities 
catch wind of the fact that hedge funds are buying physical, then they will probably enter the market faster than they would have before. And mm. it's going to, we're going to see a snowball effect and rising prices for sure. Maybe force their hands a little bit, you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These fuel buyers, a lot of the utility fuel buyers have been around for a very long time, including in the last market. And there's a few of them, in fact, that remember very clearly how the last market panned out, how the market was squeezed by the hedge funds and how they FOMO purchased and signed contracts, you know, pushing up to $100 a pound. And, and they highly regret doing that. And, you know, it's one reason I I don't necessarily see this market going to all-time highs in terms of the uranium price. But I do believe that the equities prices and the overall valuation of this market will go much, much higher than the previous bull market and probably at lower prices. So, uh, yeah, I think the utilities are, if they're not watching for that to happen now, when it does happen, they will take notice and it will definitely create uh, some more buying in the market from utilities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, th there seems to be a lot more eyes on this sector now. It seems like every month when you and I talk, is, I feel like there's more and more smart money that is openly expressing interest and in putting money into the uranium sector. I, specifically, like one individual that really caught my attention in a recent interview that I uh, listened to was, well, I wasn't actually like, I remember I wasn't looking straight, I wasn't looking straight at the video, but I, it was kind of on in the background. And it, it, he, he mentioned it. And it was like, that caught my attention. You know, I, I, I turned around. And uh, actually, Hugh Hendry from Eclectica uh, mentioned it, um, you know, that uh, he's been putting money in the uranium, or it sounds like that's where uh, he sees opportunity. So th there's a lot more big institutional and smart money coming in slowly trickling uh back into the sector so and from what we know smart money usually you know gets in fairly early don't they yeah smart money i mean they have that name for a reason um i don't think these guys throw throw large amounts of money around on you know speculative gambles uh, like you mentioned hugh hendry uh, a couple of weeks ago michael burry was tweeting about nuclear power um, he didn't come out and say straight up that Scion Capital was buying uranium equities, but I think we'll be looking for that quarterly report to see if they've added to any of the holdings in Q1 here, any uranium names. That would be a big sign. And then, of course, we had um, Larry McDonald from the Bear Traps report at the beginning of December that kind of kicked off this rally. That's what I believe really kind of started the fire under these things in that first week of December. So there's been more and more mentioning uh, on the uranium equities investment thesis by some big names that's been a positive thing and then we continue to see um, more more and more positive support of nuclear power coming from all levels of society it's 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 quite amazing especially if you've been watching this thing for more than a few years like i have could never have even dreamt of this <laughs> of this scenario <laughs> two three or even two years ago of seeing the positive rhetoric around nuclear energy as a form of clean energy and everything that happened in Texas this past couple of weeks. And it's, it's just wild. The setup's fantastic. So it's, it's good to see some, some large institutional names at least express support of it. And from what we can tell from the volumes coming into the mid large caps and ETFs, I, it seems like the, their money is where their mouth is as well. Uh, I was wrong a little bit earlier about uh, there's not, you know, bonds being the only thing or the yields being only thing in the green uh, moving up. Uh, I, I was wrong. Uh, Next Gen is actually green today, at least from what I'm seeing on my board on the U.S. ticker. Uh, they had news recently with the publishing of the feasibility study. 
Uh, Justin, was there anything that came out of this uh, feasibility for the arrow deposit that was maybe a surprise or, uh, you know, basically were you, were you delivered what uh, you pretty much expected? Yeah, not, I would say nothing was a surprise, but the numbers are pretty, pretty phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to take a big CapEx. I think it's something around one and a half billion to get the project going. But even with that size of CapEx, the, 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 the capital is repaid in less than a year of production. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's very high grade uranium, big deposit. Um, it, it's a fantastic project in the making. So it's kind of a must own in the sector, in my opinion. It's, it's right in that sweet spot where it's big enough for institutions to buy, yet it's still a development project. So it's kind of a darling of the sector. Um, yeah, it's it's a must own. I wish the management was a little bit more re- responsible fiscally, but clearly they don't need to be judging by the movement of the stock price and the and the uh, sentiment around the stock by by the market. But they burn cash like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> well, that, that, they, that's that's not a, that's not a green light to go do it. Continue to do it management so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um a, there was a there were other news from the equity side of the industry there was a court ruling with cameco uh recently uh would you mind filling us in with that sure yeah so um cameco won a uh, a tax dispute case with the cra uh, i believe it was last year and then they appealed the case and the appeal was thrown out. So the the courts decided to not even hear the appeal. Um, And there were three years that were in in contention with this case. It's still unclear to me at this point because my assumption was that the funds, there's multiple hundreds of millions, I don't remember the exact amount in in, uh, credit as well as cash that were tied up in this case. And I had assumed that this would be rewarded to Cameco upon the appeal being thrown out, but it doesn't appear that that's the case. I don't know if the CRA is going to go after them for other years, but um, either way, it's a positive development for Cameco, but I don't yet know exactly what that looks like to their bottom line. Um, I think that there's some uh, legal fees that are going to be returned to them, something like 20 to 30 million, if I recall correctly, in cash. So that's something that covers a couple of months of keeping MacArthur on care of maintenance. Um, but the, as far as the, I don't have clarity yet on uh, what happens to the cash and the credit that are tied up in that dispute. But either way, it's a very positive sign that the that the tax court threw out the appeal. All right. So uh, this is uh, an ending February here, uh, Justin. We usually try to connect once a month. So as we progress through the Ides of March, uh, what are something you're going to be paying attention to in the next coming weeks? Oh, I'm definitely watching out for the execution of that uh, of that option for uranium participation to to issue shares and buy physical. I think that's an important point. I think that's an important signal for the market to basically say yes, this fund is functioning as it's expressed that it would be. I think that's that's really important. I'm watching that. I also think we're going to start to see some spot market action in the next four to six weeks. I think that we're going to see. Some of the producers come into the market, primarily Cameco. Secondarily comes Adam Prom, and there could be some some surprise other buyers as well. Um, I don't know if Orono might be in the market buying. I know, I know for sure that they're going to be selling less, if any at all. They're just not in a great place right now. They're a huge company that nobody discusses very often because they're not publicly listed, but they're a major player in the uranium market, and they. Uh, historically have been selling you know, about three to five million pounds a year into the spot market. But 
I, I can almost guarantee that's not happening this year. They just don't have their production. They're not in a great in a great spot. So they potentially could even come in as a buyer. If we see that, um, if we see that confirmed, that's a big sign. So watching the spot market, continuing to watch uh, the the movement of UF6 and SWU. And but you know what? It's it's all pretty quiet, and that's perfectly fine because things are looking um, very rosy long term. And if the market were to pull down here at 10, 20 percent, I would actually take that as a as a huge blessing because we just didn't get that pullback. And it's always nice to see new entrants in the market get a, a, a decent buying opportunity. So short term over the next month, that's what I'm watching. But I'm not really hanging on any of that. It's everything looks really fantastic for the mid to long term. And it is still a part of this big rotation trade that we've been continuing to hear about the last couple of weeks, Justin, about, you know, moving away from these big high flying uh, performance tech stocks and looking at the commodity sector. Uh, we've heard commodity super cycle. We've heard, you know, eight to 10 year type life frame. Uh, and uranium is obviously a part of that. It, it hasn't, despite it, you know, not being on the on the cover of it all, it is still a part of that rotation into commodities and the energy trade, isn't it? It is. Yes, for sure. And, and I think that's another aspect of what is uh, perhaps giving institutions and generalist money kind of the confidence to enter the trade is it's not like a standalone volatile sector at this point. It's being lumped together with clean energy, with ESG funds. It's being lumped into an energy play and an overall commodities bull market that's expected to to run here i saw something this morning that said this is this is the largest uh up gain month for commodities in in many many years and it's it's the 10th month in a row of commodities being positive so we're starting to see that rotation you know that we've been talking about and speculating on for years of the you know out of growth and into value i think it's actually starting and it, it should bode well for uranium amongst other commodities all right, Justin, uh, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I look forward to seeing how the rest of, uh, well, hey, all of March handles. We'll be sure to catch up with you later in that month. Thanks, Trevor. Always a pleasure as well. Appreciate it. Uh, before we do let you go, I forgot you should uh, let, let everybody know where they can find your newsletter. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, UraniumInsider.com. It's a wonderful read. Very thorough. Uh, if you don't know much about the uranium sector, uh, that's where I would start, everybody. I I promise you. All right, that's it for us today. We're going to be back tomorrow morning with the long-form in-depth interview with Sprott's Sam Broom and another guest, Heatherdale Resources. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.